Welcome to another episode of Speaking for Him, and here is your host, Andrew Gamison. Hello, Chad. It's great to be with you and great to be with all of you in in uh, listener land or or uh, here in listener radio land, uh, wherever we are. You uh, know what? You know what you should do because they do this a lot. They're like they'll name their listeners like like wrestling, the WWE. They name their 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 the the people in the who love them. They call them the WWE universe. Okay, I think you should call your listeners. The Andrewverse. The Andrewverse. Okay. Well, perhaps we can do better than that. If you have any suggestions, <laughs> if you have any suggestions about um, what my listeners should be called, uh, then you are more than welcome to contact us with the contact information at the end of the show. Um, but all that to say, uh, kind of a loose beginning to actually a fairly serious topic, and that's the topic of immigration. It's been in the news a lot lately, and I've hesitated to do a podcast about it. I almost flaked out this time. I was almost like, I'm not going to do this. And then I really felt that God was asking me to say a few words about it. I want to preface this by saying I'm not all-knowing. I'm not all-wise. I don't have all the answers, and some people are going to disagree with me. But the things that I have to share with you are stuff that's been on my heart for a while, and I hope that this is a slightly better forum to share these thoughts than a Facebook comment section. And so with that being the the primer to get the pump ready to go, um, let's get started with the quote of the day, Chad. And if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. For ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 19, verses 33 and 34. All right. Well, there's a couple things even in this in this first quote of the day that I can point out. And the one being, um, if a stranger chooses to dwell with you, you should be kind to him. I think that's very important. And I, I've i always felt this way that we should um, be kind. We should live out the mandate of the Statue right. of Liberty that says, give me your tired, your poor, your teeming masses yearning to breathe free. Um, and then it also says, you shall treat, he shall be unto you as one born among you. And I think this is a key. I, and my first thing I want to talk about is assimilation. I really think assimilation is important. If you read the Old Testament, and a lot of people are citing Old Testament passages, I believe, you know, kind of haphazardly on this issue. If you read the Old Testament about this issue, you will find that um, there's a good case to be made for people, if they decide they want to live as a Gentile in the Jewish nation in the Old Testament— they were kind of expected to adopt the Jewish customs and be assimilated into the Jewish nation and say, I want to be a Jew, a Gentile Jew from this point on. And I think that's something we need to encourage as we deal with the issue of immigration. We need to encourage people to want to come here to be Americans. If you have an earnest desire to come here to be an American, then I definitely want you here. And I think most of my 
um, friends and listeners would echo those sentiments. Um, but as we think about assimilation being important, I just want to share um, this passage from Deuteronomy 16, 9 to 16, and I will not make Chad read it. I'm going to read it myself. <laughs> um, seven days or seven weeks shall thou number unto thee, begin to number the seven weeks from such time as thou beginnest to put the sickle to the corn, and thou shalt keep the feast of weeks unto the Lord thy God with the tribute of a freewill offering of thine hand, which thou shalt give unto the Lord thy God according as the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. And thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant and thy maidservant and the Levite that is within thy gates and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that are among you in the place where the Lord God has chosen to put his name there. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt and thou shalt observe and do these statutes. Thou shalt observe the feast of tabernacles seven days after that thou hast gathered the corn, gathered in thy corn and thy wine. And thou shalt rejoice in the feast, thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant and thy maidservant and the Levite and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that are within thy gates. Seven days shalt thou keep a solemn feast unto the Lord in the place which the Lord shall choose, because the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thine increase and in all the works in thine hands. Therefore thou shalt surely rejoice. Three times a year shall all the meal, all the males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, in the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and in the Feast of Weeks, and in the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. So it's basically, in this passage, seems to be indicating that whether you're a foreigner or whether you're a native-born um, member of the children of Israel, you are expected to observe these feasts. So again, talking about assimilating, wanting to be in America, when I was growing up, we always called America a melting pot because we all came together from different backgrounds and we were first and foremost Americans. Lately, it seems to me that we are much more of an ice cube tray. Uh, people come to America, but they, but they keep their culture to such an extent that we're not merging into America as a great nation as we could. And so I think that's important. Um, another thing I would mention is a lot of times people say, well, um, the, a lot of these illegal immigrants, which first of all, I think there's a difference between illegal immigration and immigration. Illegal immigration is people that don't follow the current laws for immigrating to the United States. We have laws on the books. And do I think that they can be improved? Absolutely, 100%. I have watched several friends of mine marry people from other countries and the amount of time that it takes them to get their spouse legal is ridiculous. I had one friend that got engaged and waited over almost a year to get married simply because he didn't want to be a married bachelor. He had to wait for his wife to get back from her country and have be able to have permanent residence here before the wedding because he's like, I don't want to be a married bachelor. When, I, when she's ready to come over, we'll get married because then we can be married. And I so... um resonated with him and really prayed for him through the process that it would go quickly because I could understand how that could be very disheartening and hard to deal with. And so I, I know that those laws need improvement, but the, the way the way that you improve a law and the way that you get it dealt with is not to ignore the law. And when people say that these illegal immigrants are for the most part law-abiding citizens, 
Think about this. They come here illegally, which is breaking the immigration laws. That's the first law. And then often they are paid under the table because they can't accept a regular paycheck because they're not um, permanent residents. And so that's another law that they break by getting money under the table. And it actually takes advantage of them because you can give somebody way less than they deserve as far as money because they're not going to report you because they want to stay in the country. So this thing that they that people think is um, so good that we're just welcoming them in is actually a disservice. It's kind of like when black people constantly vote pro-choice Democrat not realizing that over 50% of all abortions that take place are African American or Latino. The very, the very concept behind the abortion becoming an industry was to eliminate the minority races. And so I think there's a very, um, similar thing going on where we don't understand the whole picture as far as this goes. And the other thing I would say, and I do not mean this to be cocky in, in the least. I, I mean this seriously, and that is what law that I don't like should I start ignoring because it's not good enough? And I ask this by way of introspection because I know there's laws that we don't appreciate, and obviously it can be hard to know where the line is because eventually, you know, there do come up laws that you have to ignore for conscience sake. And I guess if you're totally minded that your conscience won't let you follow the immigration law and that you have to um, shelter these people, I guess you are left to your own conscience to decide that that's something you need to do. But I think we need to be very careful about the fact that we are already, um, in many cases, not following the law. Now, I work with a lot of immigrants at Potter's House Christian School. I love working with them. I love the fact that they are grateful to be here. They, a lot of them go, I think, go through Bethany Christian Services or whatever to get over here so they can have a better life. I think that's great. I think that's a, can be America's mission in the world, one of their biggest missions. But I don't think we, we do right by people by encouraging them to break the law. And, uh, Chad, I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts. As far as immigration is concerned, I understand that people should come to this country legally. Um, that, that goes without saying. Unfortunately, we are in a position where our law, immigration laws favor the wealthy and the educated. And because it favors the wealthy and the educated, the very people who need to come here because of their suffering are not being allowed to come in. And the very people who need to stay in their country to help better it are coming here. And that, to me, is not very Christ-like. That is a very interesting perspective that I hadn't considered, that the the wealthy people who could probably benefit their country by staying are coming in and the people that really need a step up are being left out. I definitely can see a lot of that perspective. Um, but again, the question comes back to, uh, do we, uh, do we rationalize breaking the law in order to, uh, in order to satisfy our conscience? And one of the things that I think about too is that this DACA thing 
um, that has to do with, with, uh, dreamers, um, children of immigrant, illegal immigrants. It was, first of all, it was an executive order. Um, and so executive orders aren't meant to last forever. And by rescinding it, Donald Trump wasn't saying this is totally unnecessary. He was saying, let's go into, um, the legislative process and come up with something that will, uh, that will meet these needs. Now, I know there's a lot of disagreement as to exactly how he is proposing that we meet these needs, and I'm not sure I totally agree with them. But again, I'm really hoping that we can come to the legislative table and get something done because, because you're exactly right. People do need help. Um, if, you know, if the reason that they can't, um, become, become permanent residents or citizens is because they're not documented, we need to help them get documented. We can't just say we need to let them in all no holds barred because they aren't. We need to help them get to where they need to be. You know, um, I don't get any favors in life if you just let me circumvent all the processes of life. I, I get help in life when you help me do what's necessary. If my parents had decided along with the public school system that I was dumb and I would always be dumb. And so I should just graduate because I'm old enough. That wouldn't have done me a lick of good. Instead, they helped me to achieve my potential. And I think there's a lot of similarities in that. And so I want as many people as we can help to come here, but I think it needs to be done in a responsible way. And I think it's very important for us um, to keep that in mind. And I just wanted to share another biblical example of what I believe is um, very is is immigration done very well, and that is um, the story of Ruth. Just very quickly in Ruth one sixteen and seventeen, um, it says, "And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee, for whether thou goest, I will go; whether thou lodgest, I will lodge." Thy people will be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part me and thee. And so in this we see a Moabitess in Ruth who is ready to um, take on the God of the Israelites. She's ready to go to the land of Israel. She's ready to be her mother-in-law's daughter in the truest sense of the word. She says, only thing that's going to part me and you is death. And I really think that that shows a good picture of, of what our attitude should be, um, toward the, the immigration, uh, issue as we go forward here in our country. And again, it's not something of exclusion. And of course we don't live in a theocracy. You can worship, whoever you want to worship. But I do think um, there needs to be a restoration in a lot of ways of a, a, um, a respect for America. I'll put it that way. Um, and so that's my prayer and my hope. But that doesn't mean that we can't be kind. It doesn't mean that we can't be compassionate because we definitely need to be that. And, um, so we need to keep that in mind and we need to, uh, 
to do the right thing without a bunch of flaming rhetoric, you know, being a part of the equation. And then one final observation about Ruth, and that was by Boaz in Ruth chapter 2. It says, And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath been fully shown me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knowest not heretofore. And I think that um, part of it is, if you read about uh, people that have immigrated to this country in the past, um, you'll see that they worked really hard um, to get here, and they 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 you know they wanted more than anything else to be American. And that's the prayer that I have for the immigrants that are coming over today. I don't think it should be limited if people want to come over here and be Americans. But I think we need to come up with a reasonable law and follow that. And I don't think you get to a reasonable law by ignoring the law that's in place. I really don't. And so um, that is my take on the immigration issue. Um, if you want to share your feedback, you may do so um, with the contact information at the end of the show, or you can share a little bit of feedback on my Speaking for Him Facebook page, which I really want to become a forum of discussion for the entire podcast. Mm-hmm. So if people have um, opinions or thoughts on what I've shared today, and I'm pretty sure they will, uh, based on how much uh, play this issue gets in our media today, especially social media, then feel free to kind of contribute. Um, as long as you don't uh, use swear words on my page <gasps> no. or or in my email, I will gladly um, take your feedback and I will respond to it. And uh, we'll try to be cordial to each other. And um, if we can't come to a total agreement, at least come to a respect for one another. Do you have any final thoughts, Chad? My opinion on immigration is slightly different than yours in that um, although these people are coming in illegally, they're coming in illegally because they're suffering. And the way that the laws are set up right now, it would be very difficult, if not impossible, for them to come to this country. That is why they sneak into this country to begin with. So... The Democrats and the Republicans have failed us. They have also failed the immigrants and those people have come with these bickerings amongst each other that nobody seems to be able to come to an agreement that helps actual people. So I'm very disappointed on how our government has handled immigration. No, I I totally agree with you there. And, you know, hopefully something will be uh, resolved um, fairly soon. You know, I can't say that it will. I know it's been a topic for years and years, but I'm praying that something will happen so I'll have a clear idea of what it takes to become a part of this country because it is a great country and um, I think it has potential to be even greater if we follow God and put him first. Amen. True to that. All right. Well, that is our show for today. I hope that you enjoyed it and at least it gave you something to think about. If you want to contact us, uh, with the info at the end of the show, you can do that and give me your f- honest feedback. I really appreciate to hear from you and I will respond. 
I just hope that you have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 